1: Baritone Mariusz Kwiecien is backstage at Lyric. You know, the most important in every production is that the production is logical. And this one is. And everything is, is so smart and so smooth because the story, the libretto is very complicated. So when we very- try to make it more complicated as a staging and acting, it simply doesn't work. So I like when it's like those weeks and the beauty and charming and, and, and such, a, such a, a comedy in the old fashioned style. Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at
0: Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. Two roles that have won Polish baritone Mariusz Kwiecien particular acclaim internationally are the title role of Mozart's Don Giovanni and the Count in The Marriage of Figaro. The Count is the role that has brought Mr. Kwiecien back to Lyric, where he had a great success two seasons ago in Eugene Onegin. The Count is a role he's sung at the Met, Dallas, Santa Fe, and also in Europe, at Glyndebourne Festival Opera, and in Madrid and Florence. He recently spoke with me about the Count's music and character, and also about other highlights of his career. Before we get to the interview, here's a brief synopsis of the marriage of Figaro. Susanna is the Countess's maid. Figaro is the Count's valet. The two servants are to be married, but they reckon without the Count's designs on Susanna. Aided by the Countess, who's distressed by the Count's interest in other women, Figaro and Susanna decide to teach the Count a lesson. Along the way, Figaro learns that he's no orphan, but the son of Marcellina and Dr. Bartolo. Marcellina is actually Bartolo's housekeeper, who had previously been desperate for Figaro to marry her. Also figuring prominently in the opera is the Count's page, Cherubino, desperately in love with Susanna, the Countess, and every other woman in the Count's castle. And now, on to the interview with baritone Marius Kvyacin. I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Marius Kvyacin, who is back in Chicago to sing one of his signature roles, the Count in The Marriage of Figaro. We yeah. saw you last in Eugene Onegin.
1: Yeah, that's true. A couple of seasons ago. That's true, this beautiful production of... Um By Robert uh, Carson. Robert Carson, yes, yes.
0: And you had a great success in it. (laughs) Well, this is a role that you've done everywhere. We're talking the Mets, Santa Fe, Dallas, Kleinborn, Madrid, Florence.
1: What keeps you coming back? To the role? Okay. Oh, the beauty of the role and, uh, you know, such a variety of, of uh, singing and acting and being someone completely different. This is the only opera, I think, which is successful when it's played in the period, only in the period. I tried one very nice production uh, made uh, in Dallas Opera House by Christopher Alden, and it was a modern production and it worked well but the other modern production didn't which i've done uh, so that's why i love to be in period i love to sing uh the, the guy who is uh, like kind of don giovanni and onegin also uh type but still in the formal beautiful uh, antique way of of seduction
0: so you enjoy wearing powdered wigs and that sort of thing and yes the, the breeches and the the the, the beautiful
1: buckled shoes and all of that? Yes. I like, you know, the most important in every production is that the production is logical and this one is and everything is is so smart and so smooth because the story, the libretto is very complicated so when very. we try to make it more complicated as a staging and acting, it simply doesn't work. So, I like when it's like those weeks and the beauty and charming and 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 such a such a, a comedy in the old-fashioned style.
0: Do you like this guy? I mean, is it important that you like the count?
1: Yes, I like him. I like him. I understand him because. Uh, well, if you are in the province and you have only your wife and uh, some rabbits in the field, which you can shoot, because that's the only thing you do for, for every day. So what? You try to find some more excitement. And he goes left, right. He's looking for anything, everything what is possible to, to have fun with. That's why probably some people can uh, see the Count as a bad person who really uh, seduces young girls and uses his power but I think that it was like that. The time was like that in Europe. Look at the movies. Look at the uh, famous John Malkovich uh, and Glenn Close. Dangerously dangerous in, Yes, in this movie. I think it's perfectly, perfectly done. And it was like that. So that's why I like it. In our times, it wouldn't work. Or sometimes it works, but we are punished by, because of that. In that times, it was just like a everyday's action. So that's why I think we have to look at this story from that point of view.
0: It seems to me that in light of what's going on with certain powerful men uh, today and in the past few decades, this character. Is never going to lose
1: his relevance. Of course, you know we, we have to remember every every uh, baritone who sings and plays uh, the Count has to remember that uh, we keep t- we have to keep the Count elegant and charming and uh, and handsome figure. Uh, not only like it's exactly the same thing like with Don Giovanni. We cannot show the animal. We have to show someone who can seduce in one or two minutes of conversation or just. Just, uh, well, small, short meeting. Uh, so that's why he must be charming, but this is what he's inside of him. Of course, we create with the stage director and the other characters on the stage. We create the count, we create the countess, we create every personality, but the basics must be there, that he is a nobleman, charming man, with his weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> What was the droit de seigneur really about? Well, it was like uh, now we have uh, rules also that everybody has to bring a cake when it, when it comes to the new job. So at that time, I don't think that it was a problematic uh, a, a story, or a problematic subject. But in this opera, by the Count, the rule was uh, stopped. He decided not to do it anymore. But then when he realized that he's not going to have this pleasure with Susanna, he is trying to come back to the rule. And uh, this is what happens in the first act. And uh, obviously it's not possible because the whole society accepted the the thing is is gone. So that's why um, I think he's very unhappy and he's trying to get revenge until the fourth act when he's basically being punished for that.
0: Now you introduce yourself in the opera, not in an aria but in an extended recitative and you have an awful lot of recitative in the course of the piece so um, you know, everyone I talk to talks about how difficult Mozart recitative actually is did it take you a while to sort of figure out how to do it or has it always come easily?
1: Well, I've sung Count, as you said many times, and um, every time we have a great coaches uh, Italian coaches, l- uh, language coaches, who really try to work with us so I take from here and from there and from there some 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 new uh, things and uh, <clears throat> i can say that i love those recits in the recits especially Mozart put it so many double meanings and uh, we try to play them of course not everyone understands it because to understand it you have to first of all speak good italian and then you have to know the meaning of the words so I just fully enjoy it and I always have colleagues who know it and we always laugh on the stage. Not everybody knows why we laugh, but we have this, those double meanings and those uh, word games all the time on stage. It's a real pleasure.
0: Now, I was listening to um, a lot of the Zitzprobe, that is, um, I should, we should tell our listeners that that's the first rehearsal of the singers with the orchestra, and I saw that you have many more colors in your voice than most people that you hear in this role, and so I wanted to see if you could give me an example of how you use a particular shading of your sound to sort of drive a point home, whether in an aria or
1: in a recitative, you know, it comes automatically. Sometimes I don't even think about it. It's just a way of singing not only Mozart, but mostly Mozart, because this music is so refined. If you have bel canto music, you basically have to take a good breath and control your voice, not to have too much vibrato, and then finally sing a beautiful ornament and a high note. In Mozart, you don't have it. Of course, you have some of this, but the most what comes from mozart is written in the in the music and is written in the libretto so if you try only to sing the words how they are written and put the beauty of the music into this you just you just follow on the wave of of this ancient great music and <clears throat> sometimes of course, sometimes the conductor, the maestro, asks me to do here more refine, or just uh, don't push here, just uh, keep your voice back in that moment. Of course, we try to do it, but I always have to find the, the meaning. I always need to know why I am going left, why I am singing soft and, and darker or brighter sound using those sounds. So that's why I always answer th- the question, and then I just follow the rules. I just follow my, my instincts. Now, you give a really brilliant performance
0: of your aria, which is very difficult. Um, well, what's most important to communicate to the public in the course of that aria, I mean, as, far, as far as where he is emotionally at this point?
1: I think uh, the, the the most important thing is to show that he is a little bit lost in between his desire. It means Susanna, it is that he wants to have her. And then he wants to get the revenge on her punishing Figaro, who has to get married with Marcellina. But then he doesn't realize what happens later, that, that, uh, that his plan is ruined. And in the moment of the aria, well, basically he is showing out that he is a real man. He is a real strong, uh, full of hormones person who wants to get the revenge. That's the only moment in the whole opera when he shows himself like that. That's why I think the audience will will see there's two sides of the count. In, I mean, the bad guy, really bad guy in the aria when he is, he is really trying to, to, to ruin the whole world around him. And then the seducer when he is in the, in the fourth act. So in this aria, this aria is difficult because you have to sing the two times the same kind of music. And I put some ornaments just to show that his uh, furious is growing. I just choose these ornaments from the second version of the aria which Mozart wrote uh, for another baritone. And uh, I remember Thomas Hampson singing it and recording it. And it's very high and it's very difficult. And I said, OK, I don't want to do this difficult whole aria. I will just sing the, the second verse, the reprise. I will sing with ornaments from that aria. And we did it with James Levine at the Metropolitan Opera. And it was a big success. And we, and we just found it so exciting. And it shows really how the fury of, of Count grows.
0: Do you think that his marriage is going to be affected in any way by what has happened in the course of this day? Because the opera doesn't take place just in one day.
1: Yeah, I think that his marriage, well, do you think that, that they had divorces? No, they couldn't divorce. They just have to stay together. And I don't think that the count really can change. He will be always the same. It was just one of those forgiveness for, for forgiving moments, uh, which he had in his his whole life with with the countess. So she's just saying, "Yes, I forgive you. I forgive you." But I don't think like many people think. Oh my God, such a beautiful story! He is just being forgiven, and uh, marriage will will be successful and beautiful. No, it's one of those days, and, and it was probably a hundred of those situations like that that when he's asking for forgiveness he gets it but then two three days later he goes back to his everyday routine now
0: besides your specialty roles of of the count and don giovanni where are you focusing the repertoire at this point you do a bit of bel canto correct
1: yes um well, that's what what I, I do exactly. What is written for lyric baritone. It, I mean, uh, a little bit of Belcanto Lucia di Lammermoor, and Puritani. Now in Vienna, after after Chicago, uh, I sang for the first time King Roger, the uh, uh beautiful opera, and I tried to to sing it in Europe and also in the States. I we, we will go back to Santa Fe Festival with with uh, New King Roger. Uh, <clears throat> I will do also like lyric, lyric, lyric part from. Wagner, I mean Wolfram from Tannhäuser and uh, Don Carlo, uh, uh, Rodrigo. So I could say that I try to follow... The, in the, the repertoire, the steps of Thomas Hampson. This is what he decided to, to do, and and also when he decided to do. Because he is a very smart singer, in my opinion, so he can still sing beautifully those lighter roles. And then he, now in his 50s, or he's 50, I think, he's grown up baritone to sing uh, Macbeth and uh, this more more dramatic Simon repertoire. And Simone And yes. Simone Bocanegra. Well, actually, thank you that you mentioned Simone Bocanegra. Th- that's my favorite opera. I can Say, and this is my dream, to sing it once in the, in the major opera house.
0: Now, since you're following the example of Thomas Hampson, does that mean that you're also a
1: recitalist? I do recitals, but this is what I said in the opera steps of uh, Thomas Hampson. I like recitals, but I don't love them. I love to be on stage. I love to create something physically, not only vocally. So I need those wigs, I need those beautiful costumes, and and crazy partners on stage, and it makes me happy, and it makes me like a, when I feel full as a full artist. The stage. Gives me that the recital I like but I always miss something. So speaking
0: of partners Have you sung Figaro with any of the people you're doing it with here in Chicago?
1: Well, I sang with with uh, Danielle Denise We've we've worked together at the young artist program at the Metropolitan Opera So we did uh, parts of of marriage of Figaro and it was really 12 years ago or 11 years ago a long time ago And now we can do it on stage officially for the first time. But the rest of the cast, I work for the the first time with all of them.
0: So what do you think the secret is then to creating an ensemble in these pieces, whether it's Don Giovanni or Così Fantutte or Marriage of Figaro, the secret to creating an ensemble that really functions well on the stage?
1: Well, years ago, uh, people used to have weeks of rehearsals, months of rehearsals. Now... In America, we still have these luxurious situations that we have at least two weeks. Here, we've got three, which is a great time because first week, you meet people, you you adjust them, you just eat them, you watch them, you understand them, your colleagues, your partners. The second week, you try to have fun, you relax. The third week, you start to work. And it was like this here. Uh, I remember my debut in Vienna. I, it was Don Giovanni, and I've got only one day of rehearsals uh, with not everyone, not all colleagues, no orchestra, no stage, no costumes, nothing. And then the first performance, it was like really first rehearsal. I barely remember what happened there. And um, it's a very nervous situation. So that's why luxurious situation is when we have weeks of rehearsals. that That's what creates the relationships and how we react and the colors in our voices and we exactly know what we expect and what we can give to another people.
0: The big question is what would you like to tell someone out there who is thinking about going to The Marriage of Figaro but has never heard it before?
1: Well... I stay here in the hotel and uh, I have a neighbor who met me in the in the elevator and he asked me, oh, are you a singer? Because I hear you singing. I said, oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I didn't want to disturb you. Oh, no, 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 please sing because I've never been to the opera and it's so beautiful. I didn't expect the voice can be so strong and so beautiful. I said, well, you have to come and you have to see the other voices. So that's what I exactly can say. You've never been to the opera you've never heard the opera singer live you have to come and hear it because you lose so much and you cannot even imagine how beautiful and exciting it is
0: well i want to wish you best of luck with all the performances in the marriage of figaro thank you very much thank you you've been listening to backstage at lyric the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at lyric opera of chicago For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org.